This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. It's kind of funny when I came up with the topic for this show, um, I was thinking about, you know, what are the objections that people have to working, you know, with a financial advisor? And I I was doing a little bit of research and was was really not that surprised to find that people are very mistrustful of financial advisors. Right. But frankly, there's a good reason for it. I mean, if you think about all of the black eyes that the financial industry has gotten, mm-hmm. all of the corporate shenanigans, the rip-off artists, the corp, you know, the big banks like, you know, Wells Fargo recently having yes. a giant scam of people, things like that. You know, when you think about that, it's no wonder that people are suspicious, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this because I think that getting financial advice is really important for most people. But I also think that it's hard for people to know who to trust. And in the world where Bernie Madoff swindled millions and millions of people or dollars from people, yes. um, I wanted to talk about what are the red flags that you should look for. Okay. And just have a really candid conversation about what is a red flag and what is something that you should be looking for in an advisor. All right. Let's go. So <clears throat> here's the thing. There's some actual really clear ripoff techniques that people use in order to swindle people out of their money. Okay. And the first one is what's called exclusive access. So have you ever had, Amy, someone trying to sell you something and they're like, oh, you know, this is only for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right? And, you know, especially in the age of like e-marketing and there's like these kind of pressure tactics and things like that, you know, only for you or only for a short um, time, a short time, things like that. Mm -hmm. Those are ripoff techniques. And the bottom line is when it comes to financial advice, there really isn't stuff out there that's only for you. Now, there are some things that are for something called an accredited investor. And an accredited investor means that you have to have over a million dollars worth of net worth. You have to have a certain level of income. You have to have a certain level of investable assets. So there are some things that are only available to accredited investors. But that's not something that should be used as an exclusivity type of of peace because they're available to any accredited investor. So that's one big ripoff technique. If somebody is playing the exclusively for you card, then I would run (laughs) (laughs) Run from that. Another thing would be pleas of urgency. So you know how when somebody is saying for a limited time only. (laughs) Correct. Yes. If you can... We need to do this by five o'clock today. Yes, exactly. Or you're going to lose this opportunity. And, you know, they make the opportunity sound so good and then they take it away from you. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, but if you don't act now, then you're not going to be able to get into this. Okay. Now, here's the thing. There are a few legit things that have an end date to them. And usually those are things that are non-publicly traded. Right. So sometimes there are some real estate deals that close, you know, that, 
you can they, they close when they get enough money into them. Like a REIT. Like a REIT. Yeah. Okay. And um, so those have close dates on them. And the so there would be a period of time, but those generally you have some lead time to know when they're going to close. Okay. So if somebody's calling you and saying, "Oh my gosh, you have to act today, or you're going to miss out this opportunity, or buy this hot stock because by the end of the day there won't be any availability," <laughs> that is a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So be aware and be very wary. <laughs> okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, the third rip-off technique that I want to talk about today that sometimes financial advisors use is called staging. All right. So, Amy, um, you have a background as a decorator. What does mm-hmm. staging mean to you in terms of houses? Uh, making something look really good for other people to see, like mm-hmm. staging a house yep. for an open house. Yeah. Okay. Where basically you're you're taking an environment and making it look a little bit like something it's not it's or pretend. even better than. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happens sometimes, especially in larger cities, is that um, a ripoff financial artist will... Um, rent a conference room adjacent to a large law firm or to a large CPA firm. And it will give the implied credibility that they're part of that firm or that they're connected somehow to a more prestigious organization. Sure. And they'll make that um, conference room resemble some level of office space. Okay. And so it will look like they have been there for a long time. It will look like this is a um, tried and true office space. But the reality is a lot of times that's very temporary and it's very staged. Okay. So, yeah. So that's kind of a hard thing to know, right? Like, how do you know if your financial advisor's office was staged? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But the thing about it is um, that's where research comes into play. You know, you can, when you Google advisor's history, when you, there is a um, place um, called Broker Check. And Broker Check is um, created by FINRA, which is the governing body of all advisors who deal with finances, um, people who have licenses. Okay. And Broker Check will tell you um, <clears throat> how long somebody's been in the industry, and it will also tell you how long they've been at their current address. So you could Google on Broker Check? Yes. Okay. You can Google on Broker Check, and then you also can see on there if they have any history of complaints. Oh. So when an advisor gets a legitimate complaint where they have actually done something wrong and then it's been proved that they've done something wrong and they had to settle, you know, or something like that, then um, that complaint goes on their record. And that complaint shows up on broker check. All right. So um, that is one fantastic tool that's out there for people to be able to Look up the history of an advisor, look to see if there's been complaints against them, but also look to see how long they've really been in the industry. Sure. And as a way for people, especially in kind of a more um, metropolitan setting where things could be a little more transient. More people so than might, in the Siouxland area. Yeah, right. exactly. You're like, we've been in our office since 2009 in the same yes. location. And before that, we were downtown for, you know, five yeah. years. So, um you around here, it's a little bit easier to know if somebody's been around because word of mouth and sure. you might see the the name on the office building or something like that. But this office staging is something that frequently catches people off guard because it gives this, it, it lends the air of credibility and yes. it's totally false. 
Isn't that fascinating? It reminds me of the movie The Sting. I remember. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's yes. a scene where he goes in the painter's office or something. I can't remember exactly. Stages it like he's a bookie. Yes. <laughs> the Sting or Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a Danny Ocean moment. <laughs> okay. The next ripoff technique when your financial advisor is potentially ripping you off is what we call emotional manipulation. Okay. Okay. So um, people in the sales world are taught that people normally buy things for one of two reasons, love or greed. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you might buy, for instance, life insurance because you love your family and you want them to be taken care of if you're gone. Um, you might buy a high-performing stock fund because you're greedy and want high returns. You know, so there's there's different motivations that people have to buy things, kind of no matter what it is, sure. right? Um, and so when you have someone who's looking to rip you off, what they're going to do is they're really going to focus on hardcore manipulating your emotions. You know, they're going to first of all try to make you feel stupid. Yeah. Um, second of all, they're going to make you feel guilty. Like if you don't do this, then you're doing something wrong. And so if you're starting to feel stupid or small yeah. or boxed like, in a corner, yes, you know. you're, that you're wrong or, um, or one of those type of emotions, that should be a massive red flag for you that you're being emotionally manipulated. Okay. Big time. Okay. So the last one is kind of my favorite one. (laughs) The last ripoff technique that uh, sham financial advisors use is called bamboozlement. (laughs) I love that word, too. And you might be wondering, what is bamboozlement? But bamboozlement really is talking at you in circles until you're so confused about something that you just sign on the dotted line to shut them up. (laughs) Sure, sure. Wait a minute. That's what my kids do to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They have perfected the art, I am sure. They Teenage- wear you down. They do. Teenagers are really good at that. But yeah. I tell you what, it's a it's a technique that is used that, um, you know, some, some investments have a lot of moving parts and can be confusing. And this bamboozlement technique is used to make it even more confusing and get you so kind of turned around and almost upset that you just want the experience to stop Mm -hmm. and so you do what you feel someone has been pushing you to do wow craziness so the uh, bamboozlement technique is another common technique that financial sham artists um, use to manipulate people into giving them their money and it generally is not in your best interest to do so (laughs) oh yes so All right, so those five rip-off techniques that we've been talking about on Money Guide with Mary Stirk Technique, let me run through them again for you. Offering you exclusive access, number one. Number two, pleas of urgency. Do this now or you'll lose out. Number three is office staging. Mm. Number four is emotional manipulation. And number five is bamboozlement. So uh, we're going to take a short break, but I do want to tell people that we have a great giveaway. I wrote an article um, that actually is uh, on my website and also is in a local magazine called Feeling Ripped Off. And it really is about three different things that advisors can do that 
lend to this feeling of being ripped off and how you can prevent against that. So if you'd like a copy of that article, just give us a call at 605-217-3555 or go out to our website. You can email us. You can request it online. Um, And it's a great tool that helps you understand what to look for. And then we've paired it with an interview guide. Like how do you interview a financial planner so that you can get an idea of whether or not they are doing any of these ripoff techniques. So I want to hire help, but how do I really know if someone's advice is best for me? Is it best for them? How do you know? Yeah. So here's the answer to that question in a nutshell. It all comes down to how your financial advisor makes their money. Okay. And I know that that's a very bold way to say it, but it's the truth. So there's two ways that financial advisors can make money. They can make money by making a commission or they can make money by charging a fee. Okay. okay? And um, when I first started in the industry 20 some odd years ago, it was the norm and it was the readily accepted way that when you went to talk to a financial advisor, what they were going to do is sell you a product. Okay. And then they're going to make a commission. But I realized, you know, after a few years in the industry that there is a problem with that setup. <laughs> because if the only way your advisor makes money is to sell you a product or to trade something in your account to generate a commission, then you can't know whether that is best for you or best for them because they're making money when you take an action and that is setting you up for a relationship where you can't know who the advice is best for. Okay. Okay. So I am a huge proponent of working with advisors who are more of a fee-based advisor, primarily fee-based. And the reason for that is if an advisor is charging you a fee to manage your accounts or to create a plan for you, then they're getting paid for their advice. They're getting paid for their expertise and for their wisdom. And they're not getting paid when you take an action. Sure. (laughs) And it's just so buying a product also isn't part of the bigger plan, which is right. managing everything. Yes, exactly. So strategic advice is different than here by this product. Sure. And um, when your advisor gets paid a fee, if they are contacting you and saying, hey, we need to tweak your portfolio because this holding isn't doing as well and I want to try to you know, get you some better returns. If, if they're doing that and you're paying them a fee, it means they're looking out for you because right. they're not making any additional money by making that change they're just trying to get your portfolio to perform better. Okay. So if if you making a change or taking action in your portfolio creates additional compensation for your advisor, that's a red flag to look out for. If you making a change in your portfolio to upgrade your performance does not create additional revenue for your advisor, that is a good thing. That's the type of relationship that you want. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. It okay. makes perfect sense. So I think that that's a really important distinction, and I would encourage anybody that is not working with a fee-based type of planner to think about that and to think about that next time your person calls you and suggests that you make a change, if there's a fee or cost attached to it, I hope this is running through your head. (laughs) I hope you're hearing Mary Stark saying, wait a minute. (laughs) Pump those brakes. They may be ripping you off. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that every financial advisor who charges a commission is ripping you off. I'm just saying there's an inherent miss. Um, alignment of agenda sure. inside the there relationship. There can be. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, 
Okay. <clears throat> the next thing that I want to talk about is to, to find a good advisor is who do they work for? Right? Okay. So when the insurance company's name is on the door, your advisor is an agent of that insurance company. Which and means? What that means is that their role, their responsibility is to place you in products that are the very best of whatever that insurance company has to offer. All right. Okay. Now, the issue with that is not that that might not be good products. That insurance company might have some very good products, but their goal as an agent of a company is to represent the company and place you in the best company products that they can. They try to match you up with the best products that one company offers. An independent advisor or someone who doesn't have an insurance company name on the door mm -hmm. is going to try to align you and match you up with the best things in the world for you because an independent advisor represents you and doesn't have a singular tie like that to an insurance company. Okay. So the the red flag to look for there is when the insurance company's name on the door, then you just have to know going in that they are a representative of the company first. Okay. And they're going to try to match you up with what the best they have to offer within that company. So that kind of ties in, <clears throat> excuse me, with, Sometimes I have heard people comment that they feel like they they're overinsured, yes. and that's is it. So mm -hmm. that's yep. talk about selling a product. Well, and that's one of the things that I, I frequently hear when people work with um, you know advisors who do have that insurance company connection is that God they just keep pushing more and more insurance at me, and I don't <laughs> think I need more insurance. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I had the same experience before I became a financial advisor. I had met with someone, and they were trying to sell me a bunch of life insurance and a bunch of disability insurance. And I was like, man, I barely have enough money at this time to like buy dinner. And <laughs> so I don't think I can afford all this insurance. I'm not even sure I need it. But, you know, so right. I kind of have had that same personal experience myself and I've okay. never forgotten that. Um, so if you feel like insurance is kind of getting shoved down your throat by your advisor, that should be a red flag because really the amount of insurance you have should be completely contingent upon what your life situation is. And then you, you try to match up and align what's necessary, okay. but continually layering on or adding lots of insurance without looking at the big picture, I think is a big red flag. Okay. Okay. So good to know. The last red flag that I want to talk about is do they make you feel stupid? And here's the thing is that financial, dealing with financial things is enough to make most people feel kind of stupid. I'm going to say, yeah, I, that's a little gray for me. Yeah. But it's not something that most people want to deal with, first of all. Mm -hmm. It's something that creates anxiety for people when they have to deal with it. Um, and a lot of times if, if people don't want to actively handle their finances, they're just looking for somebody that they can trust. But unfortunately what happens in the financial world a lot of the time is that advisors will talk in a way that is big words or talking down to people or maybe the advisor's your husband's golf buddy and they're really just talking to your husband the whole time and you kind of feel left out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the thing about it is working with someone who can take a complex financial situation and explain it in a way that you actually understand and that you get it and you feel like you're part of that conversation, that is absolutely something that you want to look for in an advisor. And if they're making you feel stupid and if you don't understand what they're saying, then that should be a red flag that makes you say, hey, wait a second. I'm not sure this is where I want to go. Okay. So 
All right. So we have developed, we've, I've written an article that if you'd like to get a copy of it, you can just give us a call, 605-217-3555. You can get a artic- copy of my article about how to avoid getting ripped off by your financial advisor. And we've paired that with a great list of questions that you can ask an advisor during an interview process okay. so that you understand, number one, how they are paid. Okay. You understand if they're fee-based. You understand what their process is of how they work with clients. You understand with, um, <clears throat> you know, are they working for the insurance company or are they working for you? You're going to understand if they have a fiduciary uh, responsibility to you or to the company that they work for. And uh, these are the things that I think you're really going to want to know when you enter into a relationship. Yes. And also... Um, For those listeners who recently attended one of our retirement seminars, I just want to let you know we have another (laughs) seminar coming up November the 1st. It is for caregivers who are now having to take over the finances of someone they're providing care for. So it's helping people navigate the finances through a caregiving situation. It's November the 1st. You can get more details on our website at sterkfinancialservices.com. And we're looking forward to the fact that it is going to be at Whispering Creek Senior Living. Yes, it's a great uh, yeah, partnership it'll be fun. who to pair that with. Yeah. So, All right, well, we'll look forward to seeing you there, listeners. And thank you for joining us for Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Call us at 605-217-3555 for your free Feeling Ripped Off article in a financial planner interview guide. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.